Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at tumbleweedhealthcenter.com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. February 23rd, I can't even believe it. <laughs> Flying into this year. Maybe seeing leprechauns pretty soon. Oh, there they are. I thought I lost the bells. All right, welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday, everyone. I think it's like, what, 305 days till Christmas, something like that? Holy cow. I don't know. Get looking up for the best thing. That's what happened. I uh, updated my computer, and it did all these weird things. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday. There it is, and they know. Yep, 305 days, I was right. Woohoo! All right, we say Wednesday, we are here, we are live. 8.02. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing doing well out there? Silver Sister, Candace Kid, wherever you guys are. <laughs> I think you'll be back next week sometime. Um, so welcome to We'd Say Wednesday, February 23rd. Yeah, I, it's crazy how fast time flies when you're just flying with it. That's all. It's just flying with it. Whether you're having fun or not, just go. <laughs> I want to, uh, let's see, let's give some shout-outs, first of all, to Tumbleweed Tell Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified Monday through Saturday. We do offer telemedicine also, so you don't have to go anywhere. You can just show up on our computer, and the guys down there are really, really, really awesome. They'll help you with everything from start to finish. Um, the state of Arizona went digital. And, um, yeah, it's been a big boo because they didn't need to do this. It's just cheap. <laughs> Seriously, they are. Um, they used to mail out these great cards. They were like, you know, licenses. They're just, you know, IDs. And uh, they don't do that anymore, so... Everything's on the computer and people are pitching fits and I don't blame them because a lot of people are, you know, a lot of our patients are a lot older and they don't do all this technical crap. Um, I don't even do it very well. (laughs) I try. Um, But yeah, it's hard for people that don't, that aren't savvy with this stuff. I know my parents would have just been like, oh, hell no. Yeah, they would have pitched it. My dad would have. Oh, he would have pitched the biggest fit coming in there. <laughs> My mom would be nicer. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, love you. Um, anywho, yeah. Um, so we'll help you with all that stuff. Help you set it up. Uh, creating a password is very simple. Um, your username is actually your email. So if you haven't set it up, you can go to our uh, website, which is the easiest thing to do. And we tell people to go to the homepage. 
And um, in fact, you can do this before you come to the office, so you don't have to deal with it when you get there. But if you just scroll on down, um, there's the Arizona Department of Health Services logo right there. Little block of red and burgundy and brick colored squares of sorts. Um, and then it, there's four buttons right there. You can create your patient portal. You can log into the patient portal. You can process your own application if you want. And there's a button for forgot password. So if you forgot your password, you just click it and it will take you right to their link. And your username is your email. So you can just put your uh, email in there, and you can do that to reset your password, too, if you want to just reset it. So there it is. It's pretty, pretty simple. Um, but we do all the processing. All you have to do is get us a password. And if you don't want to get us a password, that is no problem whatsoever. You can take it home and process it yourself, and it's a lot easier now. There's, in fact, there's an online attestation. You don't have to print out a paper and sign it and copy it and scan it and upload it. And all. It's right there online. You just you can just use your little mouse and sign your name away. Um, and so it's super simple. We will give you the certification form that you need from the doctor if that's what you'd like to do, and that's not a problem. Uh, the cost is $2.99, and that is with the state fee and with the doctor processing fee, everything included, and that's good for two years now. Uh, if you're on food staff, uh, staff, stamp, stamp, snap, if you're on snap, <laughs> If you get SNAP, you get $75 off that fee. And um, let's see. Uh, what else is going on? Let me just mute my watch here because I've got some folks here that are texting during the show. They know better. I'll bust the chops later. <laughs> they called them. I'm going to put them on. <laughs> All right. I won't. <laughs> uh, that could go bad anyway. Um, so, yeah, if you're on food stamps, you get the discount. Also, you, there's a veteran discount. There's a DA discount. Um, and then once in a while, we have coupons in the weekly um, and other things. Yeah, so if you want to know what you can get certified for, because uh, it's just a good thing to do, and we'll tell you why. Uh, there are quite a few conditions Arizona allows, which is actually really nice. So PTSD, you have to bring in a letter. You have been seeing your doctor ongoing, and uh, we definitely need that. Same for cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain. Um, bring in what records you have. If you don't have records, you can see our doctor, but we prefer that you do bring them in. Um, and if you're a recertification, we uh, most likely, hopefully, you're getting recertified with us. If you're not, that's okay. We can get your records from the last place if they're still around. Lots of places have closed, though. Um, let's see. So chronic pain covers everything. Migraine, well, almost everything. <laughs> Migraine, fibromyalgia, um, RA, all the arthritis, DVD, all the pains, all the aches and pains. Uh, severe nausea, seizures, all the seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's disease which uh, runs the gamut all the way through to dementia. Um, met a lot, a lot of nice folks yesterday at the Senior Connection, and we're going to go do some presentations about how helpful cannabis is with Alzheimer's. Uh, so it was really awesome to meet you folks. Uh, cachexia, wasting syndrome, pers uh, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. Uh, and that includes like Parkinson's and tremors, all sorts of things. And you're also eligible for a card if you um, are getting treated for something and it's not on the list, you can still, but it's causing something on the list, you can still if be If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can email thctucson at gmail.com. Uh, you can also get to us through the website, 
if you go to Tumbleweed Health Center, you can check out the website, and there's a form, I think it, I know there is at the bottom of the first page, um, but I think it's on a couple pages, but you can get to us, ask any question you like, and we'll get right back to you uh, as soon as we can, usually within the next day or two, 24 to 48 hours, I'd say that's pretty good time. Um, what else is going on? Let's see. Oh, um, let's give a shout out to Canna Health Online Digital Magazine. You can stay right where you are and get educated even more. Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals. Profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health. That's right. You can check out uh, their website through our website. There's a, if you go to the radio section and scroll down, there's a little logo of theirs, and you can click it and get right on over there. Also, while you're there, you can click the Grower's House uh, logo. And they're at 3635 East 34th Street. If you're here in Tucson, Tucson. I always like to hear people call it Tucson when you call it, when you, you know, calling the bank or whatever. Oh, so you're in Tucson. Darn shooting right I am. <laughs> in fact, there's a, I think it's a hotel down on the highway. And it's the Tucson, T-U-X-O-N, which is really cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you can check out our sponsors. Let's get over there and check them out. Also, there's um, uh, Tim Buds and CB Devious and the Good Leafs up there. Speaking of the Good Leafs, that's our new shop, and that's at 6224 East Speedway Boulevard. These, these guys in the studio are just weird now today, man. Oh, that's why. <laughs> That's where the speaker is. <laughs> yeah, all right then. So, um, yeah, so yesterday we had an awesome day. We were at the Senior Connection event, and that was at the Hilton East. Um, and that was really great, actually. I was really, really happy to be there. It went by way too fast, and everybody left uh, early. After the last, last dance show, um, I just didn't see the dessert bar. <laughs> but somebody was giving out giant Klondike bars, so that was good enough. And, and they were huge. I mean, they were like this two-inch thick kind. Um, so anyway, so the Senior Connection show was fantastic. Um, there was um, there were probably about forty or 45 different vendors there, um, anywhere, like I was saying, from um, Alzheimer's um, places to uh, hospice centers or facilities, uh, assisted living places, uh, insurance. I talked to a bunch of Medicare people and said, you guys need to get on board with this because whatever whatever insurance company uh, does this first and accepts and starts paying for these certification yeah, you guys are going to kill it. I told him that. I'm like, dude, you need to start fighting with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously. Medicare, Medi-Cal, Medicaid, all you guys need to start paying for this, for these old, these old folks that need them. Um, but, yeah, I had a great time walking around. I talked to everybody there, handed out our cards, and we are going to be doing a lot of presentations. <laughs> I'm really excited to take one of our doctors out. And we'll talk to people and um, just educate them. There are all, most of most everybody. Well, most of the facilities there, I should say, the vendors there were very excited um, that that we were there. Also, want to give a huge shout out to Nature Med. You guys rock! We can't wait to be friends. <laughs> we're already friends. Uh, it was fun giving each other swag yesterday um, and just talking to each other. And it's nice to make relationships in the community. So. We will be hanging out with Nature Med and hopefully doing some more of these kinds of events because it was really great. We did run into some unexpected <clears throat> um, frowns and scowls from people. 
And we haven't, that hasn't happened in a long time. And we weren't used to that. Um, Kathy, thanks for rocking it with me yesterday. And um, she said, you know, I'm getting about a 50-50 here. And I said, I know. Some people are like, oh, yeah, this is so awesome. In fact, this lady bought her grandson all sorts of, of books, which is so great. I always love to bring the books. Somebody always, always buys them. She bought a couple books, papers, and things like that for her grandson in Alaska. That's awesome. And then other people are like, oh, oh, my God, no, I could never. And you're just like, <laughs> so it was a very interesting mix of um, those that are still, you know, brainwashed by the Reaper Madness. Ah. <laughs> Because you know their parents are giving it to so Maybe that's not enough. Maybe they ate just half the candy bar. <laughs> but it was fantastic. I left all my business cards back at the, the, the center because I'm going to write everybody today, but I blew it because I should have brought them and said hello to everybody on air, which I will do next week. I'll you all personal health rules. I'm and Miles from HMED. Um, and Matt next to me, travel, travel gas, um, and all sorts of great stuff. Uh, they had dancers out there. They had um, gave these tokens away, and people were winning all sorts of cool prizes. We were, I think, the first prize somebody picked. They went and they won two tokens, and then they went and picked our CBD shampoo and conditioner as a prize. I was like, wow, good deal. I might enjoy those. And then come back and get some good stuff. So, yeah, um, not many people taking samples, just a few here and there. Um, they were kind of nervous. The ones that did know were like, yeah. And the other ones were like, ooh, no. <laughs> so that was very interesting. I wonder how Nature Med felt because I bet these people were just like, oh, no. You guys. You guys out there. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, um I talked with a bunch of Alzheimer's facilities, and I'm super excited to bring education to them, and I shared a video with them, and I'm hoping you can hear it. I'm going to try and set this up. Um, it seems really low. Whoops, a daisy. Whoops, daisy. seems really low on when I play it on the computer, um, and it is going to come through the speakers, but um, it's just, I don't know if it's just a bad recording or what, but this is uh, Clarity, a medical marijuana documentary about medical cannabis meets dementia in Illinois. Um, but it's really great. And let's see if we can't get you guys to hear this. Let's see how if this works for y'all. So give me one moment and action. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> I, I busted out of it. Here we go. Play. All right, let's see. I know it's hard to hear. Turn it all the way up and get a little buzzy. This is a short story. Sorry. The story is a scientific journey that shows and proves what medical cannabis can do for the body. The story provides better insights into the mechanisms of the brain, a better understanding of the plant, whose benefits have been documented for thousands of years. A very exciting journey filled with compassion and kindness. The cannabis program has been more than we ever anticipated. Uh, the, the ease of use for caregivers, for staff, um, is incredibly easy. Uh, and better than that, though, is the results that I've seen from my residents almost instantly. There's only one facility using it. And they studied patients over the course of six months. In this we started the process about three months ago from the, the medical marijuana, and we started the first patient dosing about two months ago. Rosie. Rosie was the first patient. She was brought in by her son and daughter. She has always been the anxious, wandering, wondering where she is, who she is, why she's here. Um, was getting to the point where she didn't recognize family members anymore. The family did not want her treated with any more uh, psychological drugs. They uh, didn't want her falling. They didn't want her um, going through the side effects. 
but yet we couldn't just leave her um, agitated all the time. Our second resident is um, Helen. She was living at home with her husband. He had a caregiver, one that came in every day. It began to get hard for him. Uh, she was refusing showers and up all night long. He wasn't getting any sleep, so he needed some help, and that's when we got Helen. She came in walking and uh, laughing and dancing, and she adjusted very well. I would say after six or eight months, as her disease progressed, she began to get aggressive with the staff and other residents, scratching, kicking, things like that. A lot of what we see in Louis Body's dementia, where there's paranoia. She was afraid to be alone. She gave up walking. She gave up talking. Um, she was just uh, babbling. Unfortunately, we didn't know about the medical cannabis at that time, so we were uh, grasping at straws, and of course we tried all of the uh, psychotic medications. Um, she got, she has some side effects uh, from those, but they managed the aggression. <clears throat> Our third resident was Donna. Her son was going to her house daily. Um, she was living alone. Uh, he was getting calls from the neighbors saying she was going out at night and she was going to the other neighbors' houses asking for rides and um, wanting them to take her to McDonald's and things like that. And so he knew then he needed to do something with her. She came to Lincolnshire very mad at first. She declined rapidly. She was throwing furniture. She was breaking lamps. She was beyond consolable. So again, here we go with the heavy-duty drug to get her under control. And the side effects, again, um, were what did her in. You want me to be Ten years ago, my son was diagnosed And during chemotherapy, he was really, really sick. And one day, a chemo me to the side and she said, you never heard this from me. You need to get this child on marijuana. He was 19 years old. You need to get him on marijuana. Nothing is working right now. Well, then I talked to the doctor and I said, a nurse told me that this child needs to be on marijuana. And he said, absolutely. So where do you buy it? What do you do? I was buying marijuana on the street for two years. And I set up child. And I grew it. You know how you have to save a child's life? You'll do anything. I know it worked. He'd wake up 4 o'clock in the morning, violently vomiting. He'd go outside, he'd take a hit, and he'd come in and he'd be able to eat. It, it's safe by some time. So then, when there was talk about it becoming legal in Illinois, I kind of started following it. And then Midmar had a seminar. Before I went to the seminar, um, I just thought of it as a recreational drug, and that's what people use it for. After the seminar, when I received the list of all the things that it helped and um, some of the statistics, and then came back and started doing my own research. It totally changed my attitude towards it. That um, informative meeting um, brought it all together for us. And Alzheimer's is top on the list of some of the things. How could I not? How could I not give my residents the opportunity of, even if it's five, treating Rosie with the medical cannabis and the transformation has been um, miraculous even what the family would say perfect first candidate she gets dosing twice a day she gets hers in the oil 
a small dab of it is put on a cracker or a cookie, whatever she's going to take the first spoon of, we'll get it on there and she'll take it like that. She is calm. She jokes now. She goes to activities. She's able to sit through a whole meal. Um, She's gaining weight. She is able to visit with her family and remember her grandchildren now that she hasn't remembered in a while. It's it's pretty amazing to see her have peace. There are no interactions with other drugs. No interactions. There are no side effects to this. Um, If we find that maybe um, one product isn't working effectively, there's always another product that we can try. And we don't have to wait for one to go out of the system for a couple days. The next time it's time for a dose, we'll try a different product. Hmm. Helen started the treatment about a month ago with Helen. Uh, We started seeing some results right away, but they weren't long-lasting. That's when we started changing up what we were doing. And then we started to see that she would relax and be cheerful, and um, now she can at times give you clear communication in full sense. She was able to visit with family. Staff would report to us that there was no pinching and scratching, and she was easier to get up in the morning. You know, she would be pleasant. She even started to walk again. She has not been walking for months, and so we find that that's some success. Well, but we're still trying to dose her. She's a little different than our first resident. And now we're sticking with one patch for a while to see if we can get it into her system and keep it current 24 hours a day. She's the newest. She's the newest. The progress has been slow. We've had to uh, adjust our dose. You know, we start out very tiny and then we go up, but to give it to her and to watch the transformation in her face is unbelievable. She relaxes, her breathing becomes normal. She is able to talk and make sense and family's totally on board. They see the peace that it gives her. She feels better. You can tell that she just settles. And um, there's, it's so rewarding, so rewarding to see that you've actually made a difference. Within minutes, 20 minutes top, I can see that they're capable of doing things that they weren't able to do. I can see their face soften up um, without the hard lines because they're not, they're not suffering in that pain. We are the only facility in Illinois that is actually starting this process of using the medical cannabis. And um, what's really exciting for us is that we now have a choice in um, how we're going to treat the rest of the residents when they start becoming agitated to the point where we can't manage them We have a choice now. We have this new medical cannabis that we can start if families are on board. She was the one that always picked the children up, took them to the park. She was always an advocate walker. And she had started walking away from home and being gone, you know, and people would call and say, I've seen your aunt wandering. You know, you could tell that she was starting to lose her memory and stuff. You could hardly get a conversation with her and have her to recognize us. Just relate with her, you know, just relate with her, walk and talk with her like we used to and stuff like that, you know, to kind of get our auntie back. So we started looking for places and this was her best fit. We have been anxious for her to start this because uh, it's three cousins that's involved. It's me and two other cousins. And uh, my cousin, Lene, does in life. I don't know what type of medication they kind of give her here. Um, it's kind of like slow her down or whatever. Uh, my cousin knows the name of it, but she does not like it at all. Like, 
now she just just walks and really don't want to be bothered sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And I noticed that she, when she talks sometimes, she's just randomly saying things that doesn't really make sense. But she was making sense, you know, you know, asking questions and, you know, telling stories and that. And I noticed the change and I like it. Hmm. I need to drop some oil. It was bringing back the Anne that I remember before she started getting, you know, into her illness. So I can see, yeah, I can see a change, and I know my cousins are going to love it. I, I can't wait until she's able to take it on a regular basis. I kind of got a little bit of my auntie back today. Hmm. <laughs> miracle. It's very simple to create a personalized patient regimen. We can start this treatment, and they're not going to get those side effects that are going to put them in the chairs. And, um, you know, make them worse in physical ways so that we can control their behaviors. Now we're going to be able to start with the cannabis and really see um, a benefit and the life that they're going to have for so much longer. Um, It's going to be amazing. Yes, it is going to be amazing, and it, and it is amazing. Um, and you got, I should figure out, I'll post this on, um, I will share that to our um, Facebook, Tumbleweed Facebook page, uh, THCAZ. So it's uh, facebook.com slash THCAZ. And that, I love that movie. That always makes me cry. Um, you know what else I love? Let's bring it up. I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchy snacks Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Deville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs will be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco 
pharmaceutical prisons I'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers They're making money day and night, all those motherfuckers And bribing Congress out of sight, all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old so it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control. Peak game, look into my political telescope. Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't. Not hella won't. Hey Obama, stop being a hypocrite. You used to smoke weed, fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm the one looking for a pot shop. Wednesday, everybody. I hope you guys can hear that, but I, that's a really great video, and I'll, I'll post it again, like I said. Um, but that's, it's amazing. The story's amazing. Um, the results are amazing, and how little oil you need to make, uh, to, to use is, is just incredible. Uh, and it's very easy to make, and I'm still bummed that ladies, um, favorite ladies, uh, video got taken down. The little Doctor lady from Northern California. It was fantastic. Anywho, welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Um, let's see. We're going to do some news, and we'll just kind of get out of that, and kind of get out of that, and go there. All right. We're going to do a little New York news. New York. All right. Governor signs bill to fast-track marijuana growing in New York. Yeah, baby. Governor Kathy Hochul signed a conditional cannabis cultivation bill Tuesday that will allow some New York hemp farmers to grow cannabis beginning this spring. Ooh, ooh. Ah. According to the governor's office, the conditional licenses will fast-track the state's adult-use cannabis program while also helping New York farmers. State officials say... Leading with these cultivation licenses will help ensure that that, uh, producers are available to launch for the forthcoming adult use program. According to the governor, provisions in the bill are included to uh, ensure equity, inclusion, and environmental sustainability. Quote, I am proud to sign this bill, which positions New York's farmers to be the first to grow cannabis and jumpstart the safe, equitable, and inclusive new industry we are building. Quote, the governor said. New York will continue to lead the way in delivering our commitment to bring economic opportunity and growth to every New York, uh, every New Yorker in every corner of our great state. According to the governor's office, with a conditional adult use cultivation license, farmers can grow outdoors or in a greenhouse for up to two years from the issuance of the license. It also allows them to manufacture and distribute cannabis flower uh, without uh, oh, flower products without holding an adult use uh, processor or distributor license until. Uh, June 1st, 2023. Um, let's see. And then you can, since you can read on. So, wow, that's interesting. All right. Well, all you hemp farmers out there, now you can start growing weed. <laughs> and hey, even we here in Arizona all get to grow six plants. That's a lot. <laughs> This lady called Tumbleweed yesterday, and she said, you know, we were talking about getting certified. She said, and I get to grow, right? And I said, well, you can grow now. I said, you can grow six plants. She goes, oh, oh, that's a lot. (laughs) She goes, I just didn't even know what to do with that that much. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's a lot. Six plants is a lot. If you know how to grow six plants, that is a whole lot of marijuana. Okay, 
let's see, continuing on here. Um, according to the governor's office, with the conditional use, adult use cannabis cultivation license, farmers can grow outdoors or in a greenhouse for up to two years from the issuance of the license. It also allows them to manufacture and distribute cannabis flower products without holding uh, the adult use processor distributor license until 2023, June 1st. State officials say cultivators are limited to 43,560 square feet of flowering canopy outdoors or 25,000 square feet in a greenhouse and can use up to 20 artificial lights. They can also split between outdoor and greenhouse grows with a maximum total canopy of 30,000 square feet as long as greenhouse flowering canopy remains under 20,000 square feet. I wonder where these guys get all these numbers and, and limits and things like that. It's very interesting. The Office of Cannabis Management, the OCM, will be developing a license application process and opening the program as soon as possible, state officials say. According to the OCM, to qualify for an adult-use cannabis conditional cultivator license, an applicant must have been authorized industrial hemp research partner for the Department of Agriculture and Markets for at least two of the past four years in good standing as of December 31, 2021, when the research program ended. Per a press release from the governor's office, holders of the license must also participate in a social equity mentorship program where they provide training in cannabis cultivation and processing for social and economic equity partners, preparing them for potential roles in the industry. Growers will also have to meet sustainability requirements to ensure the cannabis is grown in an environmentally conscientious way. That's pretty cool. Cannabis became legal in New York last year under the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, MRTA, but no adult-use recreational licenses have been issued yet. Marijuana in the oh in the workplace. Okay, currently the only way to acquire marijuana legally in New York is through a medical uh, program, which recently expanded eligibility and has set up a new cannabis certification and registration system. The program will now allow a patient to get certified for medical marijuana by a practitioner for any condition they see fit. Wow. Silver sister, did you hear that? Not only will more patients be allowed to be prescribed marijuana, but more practitioners, including dentists, podiatrists, and midwives will be able to prescribe it. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. The OCM also recently sent letters ordering businesses suspected of illegally selling cannabis, including the practicing of, quote, gifting, quote, to stop or risk the opportunity to get a license in the legal market. Some business operators have reportedly been selling a product or service providing cannabis as a, quote, gift in return. (laughs) Officials say this is illegal, and the OCM has identified more than two dozen alleged violators. In addition to risk losing a potential license in the future legal market. Officials from the OCM say businesses participating in the selling or gifting of marijuana illegally illegally may also face substantial fines and possible criminal penalties. All right. Okay. Let's see here. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, You have to have been uh, in the hemp program to grow. But, I, you know, maybe there's room for other businesses with the quote-unquote, call small businesses to get into the game here. Uh, All right, let's see what is going on for uh, marijuana. Marijuana news. Let's go to azmarijuana.com. Check it out. I like the website. Okay, let's see. Cannabinoids exhibit anti-COVID activity in preclinical models. Canna, oh, CBGA. Cannabigerolic acid and CBDA, uh, cannabidiolic acid, exhibit anti-COVID activity and culture, according to data published in the Journal of Natural Products. That's why we've been getting all the requests for it. Researchers with the University of Oregon reported that both cannabinoids inhibited the entry of SARS-CoV-2 into human epithelial cells. Authors reported that the cannabinoid acids showed equal efficacy against multiple COVID variants. Both compounds are abundant organically in raw hemp plants and in certain hemp extracts. Normal reported, by contrast, activated compounds such as THC and CBD failed to show efficacy in the models. 
Authors concluded orally bioavailable and with a long history of safe human use, these cannabinoids isolated or in hemp extracts have the potential to prevent as well as treat infection by SARS-CoV-2, quote. Prior preclinical studies and reviews have similarly suggested that certain ca- uh, cannabis compounds could potentially modulate COVID infections. However, to date, no human studies have substantiated the theory that cannabinoids can assist in either preventing COVID infections or in mitigating symptoms of the virus. Clinical trial data published in November failed to demonstrate that the adjunctive use of CBD aided COVID patients in their recovery from the virus. An observational study published in October reported an association between problematic cannabis use and an increased risk of COVID breakthrough infections. Since the start of the COVID pandemic, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has sent numerous warning letters to companies for misrepresenting their CBD products as a COVID treatment um, option for patients. Normal has repeatedly cautioned consumers to beware of online misinformation surrounding the commercial marketing of either whole plant cannabis or CBD as potential remedies for the COVID-19 virus. Well, folks, you got to do your research. And, hey, why don't you just come on down and talk to one of our doctors at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard and maybe chat with them about the research and what you're thinking. And, you know, um, I heard that, and it's probably true, but, well, if you smoke, <clears throat> if you're smoking cannabis, that's fine. That's great. Good for you. Yay. Go bong hits. We love them. We love them. But I think we need higher doses of, of the oils and stuff internally to help ward off things. Or, you know, like the raw form, you can juice the cannabis and such. Um, so that's also, that's the way you're getting the, the, the acid form of this, the CBGA and the CBDA. Cannabigerolic acid and cannabidiolic acid. Woof. Say that? Never. <laughs> CBGA, CBGA. So we're looking to, you know, people are producing those products. I'm not sure if you're going to, you know, you will find some fun, cool things. That's good leaf. Come on down. 6224 East Studio Boulevard. We're right next to um, Bookbins. We are a uh, hemp and CBD marketplace, so come check it out. But we'll have some some cool new products down there soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we are looking into the CBGA and CBDA products because they're out there. But, you know, you do have to be careful with what you just order online because you don't know who's making it, where it's coming from, and all that good stuff. So it's important to be able to... Um, find that out and check it out. All right, so let's see what else is going on. I also like to check out um, High Times. <laughs> yeah, I like High Times. Um, let's see. What's going on in High Times? I like the news. And we're going to go to the news section, and we're going to see what's going on. New Zealand police reboot illegal cannabis operation search after a year of inactivity. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Uh-oh. Wells Fargo an analyst blames pot prohibition for lack of truckers. <laughs> the company's head of equity strategy holds drug screenings for responsible for shortage of truckers. A Wells Fargo financial analyst has blamed the federal prohibition of cannabis from the nation's shortage of truckers that has led to the supply chain problems across the country. Chris Harvey, Wells Fargo's head of equity strategy, said that the demands of the job, which often require truckers to be away from home for days, if not weeks at a time, have always posed a recruiting challenge for trucking companies. But he also blamed drug screening for cannabis for exacerbating the current driver shortage that is plaguing trucking companies from coast to coast. Quote, it's really about drug testing, quote, Harvey said while speaking on an industry conference call last week. Quote, we've legalized marijuana in some states, but obviously not all. What we've done is we're excluding a significant portion of that trucker industry, quote. Harvey said that many drivers have to uh, have had to leave the industry because of drug testing, adding that requirements that went into effect as the COVID-19 pandemic took hold will, quote, continue to push that price even higher, quote, in the form of increased transportation costs and empty store shelves. 
Truckers are subject to strict regulations that require them to undergo random drug and alcohol screenings on a quarterly basis. Truck drivers are also subject to additional drug testing after a collision if they receive a traffic violation. In January 2020, new legislation went into effect requiring the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration to create and maintain a database of all truck drivers who had failed a screening for alcohol or drugs. With the information, trunk, trucking companies can avoid hiring drivers who failed a drug screening at one company but then applied for employment at another. The new drug screening reporting requirements went into effect as cannabis continues to be legalized across the country. With 38 states now permitting cannabis in some form, Uh, So far, the new law has impacted about 110,000 drivers, including more than half that tested positive for cannabis. But Lamont Bird, director of the Teamster Safety and Health Department, noted that unlike alcohol, testing positive for cannabis does not equate to driver impairment. Yes. Quote, the use of marijuana among drivers presents a real dilemma because we don't have a test that can measure impairment like we do for alcohol. Uh, Bird told Minnesota Public Radio, quote, so the drug or its metabolites hang around for days, weeks, sometimes longer periods of time. So you don't know from when, uh, from a, so you don't know from a test perspective if a person is actually impaired. So to err on the side of caution, its use is prohibited. Sean Garney, vice president of Scopolitis Transportation Consulting, noted, that tens of thousands of truckers have been disqualified from driving since the new rules went into effect. He believes that the new database has led to a reduction in the trucker workforce by about 2.5%. It's hard to deny the fact that 47,000 drivers are ineligible to operate a commercial vehicle since the beginning of the clearinghouse, he said, but making sure drivers who should be ineligible aren't driving is a good thing. Mary Bowl, electronic logging device coordinator of <clears throat> Headinger Trucking in Missouri, said, the new rules have led many applicants for truck, drive, truck driver positions to change their minds before completing the hiring process. Quote, we've had some who've said yes until they found out about having to register with the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, and they didn't want to do that. Quote, she said, at one point we had 17 truck, truckers, and now we're down to nine. It's not fun at all. We are really struggling to get people in here. Well, and you know what, folks? That is malo. Not good. And the point is, you know, you can use cannabis and then you're fine. The next day you're fine. A week later you're fine. A month you're fine. But you're still testing for the metabolites that are in your system. So that's the bogus part of it. You can smoke one day and not smoke for days and still show that it's in your system. But they, you know... Excuse me. Um, you know, the test for sobriety is, <clears throat> is right. Well, for us and the states here, it's the same as um, uh, being drunk or intoxicated by a narcotic or, you know, anything like that. Um, so, you know, you have to do the whole walk the line trick and <laughs> say the alphabet backwards, which I still don't know who can do that. <laughs> Excuse me. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. What was that? I saw something else. I saw this and then um, I saw that. Uh, well, let's the USD report values hemp market at $824 million. I like your person that whistles in the back. The United States Department of Agriculture, USDA, announced the true value of America's hemp market and the numbers are telling. Hemp grown for flour, for instance, was much more valuable than hemp grown for industrial purposes. On the other hand, production levels are down compared to numbers collected in 2018. The survey, the survey also contained other nuggets of information, nuggets, uh, such as the fact that hemp producers in the U.S. are predominantly male, and that's difficult to make a living in the industry without a side hustle. Long girls. The USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service sought permission from the White House in July 21 to conduct a survey of about 20,000 hemp farmers to help judge the industry's size and demographics. On February 17th, USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service, NASS, released the results 
of the 2021 Hemp Acreage and Production Survey in its National Hemp Report. The survey collected data for hemp grown, quote, in the open and grown, quote, under protection. Industrial hemp growers planted 54,152 fertile acres for all purposes and 33,480 acres of those were harvested. Well, U.S. hemp production in the, uh, in the open was valued $712 million in total. Production of hemp that was grown under protection in the United States was valued at $112 million. The total area of hemp fields under protection totaled 15.6 million square feet. Quote, the release of this landmark report uh, provides a needed benchmark about hemp production to assist producers, regulatory agencies, state governments, processors, and other key industry entities, said NAS Administrator, uh, Administrator Hubert Hamer. Not only will these, da- will these data guide USD agencies in their support of domestic hemp production, the results can also help inform producers' decisions about growing, harvesting, and selling hemp as a type of hemp they decide to produce. The survey results may also impact policy decisions about the hemp industry. The 2021 Hemp Acreage and Production Survey collected various information, including the total planted and harvested area, yield production, and value. Hemp grown for flour was most valuable versus uh, other industrial purposes, <clears throat> worth $623 million of the $712 million in the open and $64.4 million of the 112 under protection. Quote, the USDA has done a terrific job of responding to farmer concerns, but there are certain issues that have to be changed in the law to reduce the burdens on U.S. farmers. Jonathan Miller, General Counsel of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable told High Times. The USDA also noted that hemp industry growers are predominantly male, among other characteristics. They found that 82% of hemp producers are male. They also found that 52% of respondents reporting that farming is their primary occupation, meaning only about half of them can sustain sustain their livelihoods without a side hustle. The report also contains additional information about hemp producer characteristics, including years operating a farm, age, and race. NASS provides the following highlights of the report divided up by hemp grown in the U.S versus hemp grown under protection. Um, U.S. totals for hemp grown in the open in 2021 were floral hemp production was estimated at 19.7 million pounds. uh, Utilization production totaled 57. million pounds. Area harvested for uh, flower hemp was 15,980 acres. The average yield for floral hemp was estimated at 1,235 pounds per acre. The value of floral hemp totaled $623 million. Hemp grown for grain totaled $4.3 million. Pounds. Uh, utilized production totaled $3.96 million. Pounds. Area harvested for hemp grown was 8,255 acres. The average yield for hemp grown for grain was estimated at 530 pounds per acre. The value was $599 million. Hemp grown for fiber was estimated at 33, $33.2 million per pound. Utilized production totaled 27.6 million pounds. Area harvested for hemp grown for fiber was estimated at 12,690 acres. The average yield for hemp grown for fiber was estimated at 2,620 pounds per acre. The value of hemp grown for fiber totaled $41.4 million. Production of hemp grown for seed was estimated at 1.86 million pounds. Utilized production totaled 1.68 million pounds. Area harvested. Uh, was estimated at 3,515 acres. Um, the average yield for hemp grown for seed was estimated at 530 pounds an acre. The value of hemp grown for seed was totaled at 41.5 million. And broken down by utilization, U.S. Uh, totals for hemp grown under protection in 21 were production of hemp transplants and clones totaled 20.2 million plants. Utilized production totaled 18 point million plants. The value of hemp grown under protection for transplants and clones totaled $23.8 million. Production of floral hemp was estimated at 310,421 pounds. Utilized production totaled 256,124 pounds. The value of floral hemp totaled $64.4 million. 
Hemp grown for seed totaled 4,059 pounds. Utilized production totaled 3,121 pounds. And the value of hemp grown for seed total was $23.7 million. There you have it, folks. Don't say that this marijuana cannabis is going to get you there. Grow some hemp, kids. Good for the environment. It's good for the earth. It's good for you. Thank you for tuning in to Wednesday, Wednesday. We love you. Um, we are so happy you tend to tune in to listen and to hang out with us uh, each and every week. We are coming up on our 10 years. Yeah, yeah, 10 years. And uh, next week, it looks like uh, we've got a guest on, and um, be surprised. And that will be on our website coming up very soon. Thank you for tuning in to Wednesday, Wednesday. We love you. We'll see you next week. Noah Hammond Tyrell, CEO of Feel Good Hemp, next week. All right, there it is. Noah's coming on. Thanks, guys. 305 days till Christmas. Happy Wednesday, Wednesday.